Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Ash. Yes, I'm here early, too. You are. You are early. Is that because we have something special going on today? We do. We do. What is it? Do you know? We're talking about conversion. We are talking about conversion, but this is our 50th episode. It is. Yeah, yeah, probably 40 more, 49 more than we should have had, but somebody's allowing it to continue. So I think we're getting better each time. (laughs) Uh, Maybe so. I don't want to get, I want to stay humble about all of that. So, but no, it's our 50th episode. I didn't realize that until, you know, we, Deacon Jeff and I were talking about it when we came in here and, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun so far. We've talked about a lot of things and, uh, you know, I want to, I want to mention something today. I mean, it's, it seems like a good day to do that, uh, since we're here on our 50th and it seems to be a. Sort of a milestone for you and I, you know. Are we like getting so, diamonds? Because it's no, 50, we're not, so, that's no. not in the budget. Oh, okay. <laughs> not yet. But no, I just wanted to, to mention that there's some other things going on. I've been alluding to it the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I, Angela and I have decided through prayer and discernment to step out and start our own uh, 501c3 to continue doing things that the Lord calls, you know, us to as far as the speaking engagements and, and some books and things that, you know, I'm in the middle of of doing and, and also the podcast and several other things. So, um, you know, we're, it's, it's going to be open for a lot of things. It's going to be about bringing the person of Jesus Christ to the person in the pew, the way we've been doing here, but also through some other things, consulting with men's groups and, and, you know, it's open for other people with skills to, to, to join and to, uh, be able to present the person of Christ in the unique ways that they may call them to. Yeah. It's going to so, be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We've actually got some shirts on the way, you know, it, we haven't had any, Pew swag, I guess you could say, but we've got some on the way now that uh, t-shirts will be out there. We'll be, we'll have on our site pretty soon, donate buttons. And, you know, I hope that anybody out there that has listened to any of these shows and has found any healing or helping them or, or just, you know, blessings out of them that you consider maybe continuing, you know, to, to listen. And then, you know, of course, to, if you feel led to, to donate. And, and so we can keep doing the things that we've been doing and, and look to pursue these other avenues that the Lord's put in front of us. So, just I, I thought today was a good day to say that, um, and you know, Angel and I feel very blessed, and the Lord has been kind to us. So we just want to want to try to share, you know, the the message of of the gospel and and the blessings with other people. Right, so, so many things to come. Yeah, 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 I hope so. So we'll see. I'm flying by the seat of my pants right now, but we'll see how it turns out. Button so, up, man. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and, and so enough about that. I want to move on to the show, and, and thank you guys for indulging me in that moment. But. You know, this a couple of days ago we had the reading about St. Paul, you know, and everybody knows this reading. It's the conversion of St. Paul. We had the feast of that Saturday and here in the Catholic Church. And to me, it's always been, I love reading that, right? Just that 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 fact that God took this, this man that was murdering and persecuting Christians. I mean, children, adults, all anybody, it didn't matter, uh, who was so fervent about erasing the way, as they called it back then, you know, the first Christians from the earth. And God chose him to to have an encounter with him and then for him to convert and and then he goes on to pen most of the new testament and to be the greatest evangelist if i mean one of if not the greatest the evangelist huge proponent ever of his faith yeah yeah and so it just made me think about that that word conversion and you know we it really starts off with that encounter just like paul you know god god has encountered all of us in our life in one way or another you know everybody's aware of my story or the you know i i was I grew up around uh, the church and was very active in it at a young age, and 
but then walked away from it. And then I had another encounter with Christ, which led me to this conversion that's put me on the path that I'm on now. You have a story that we can share here. Um, you know, there's everybody in their life has maybe multiple encounters with Christ. And eventually one comes where we're converted. Uh, but that conversion doesn't stop there. You know, Paul didn't just say, okay, I, I'm, I'm a Christian now. See you later. I'm going to go home and be a Christian. No, he was lit on fire and he lived that faith. And he was he was so much further along when he was beheaded, when he died, than he was on that day when he was converted. He lived a life where he was constantly seeking Christ and constantly growing. And that's what I want to talk about today, because I think that's a major problem that we have in the faith today is, is you know, and we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, it's not like other things. You, 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 if you're a professional athlete or something, you grow up and you say, I want to play in the NBA or I want to play in the NFL, and you work your tail off and you, and you go through all the different levels of, you know, preschool and, and, and all in school and middle school, high, uh, high school and college basketball or whatever it is. And then you get to the NBA or the NFL and you can say, I've made it, right? I mean, you still have to work, you still have to practice, but you can say, I made it. Well, there's not really that moment as a Christian on this earth. That happens when you get to heaven and if you're allowed into heaven and you're awarded with eternal life. And But I think that a lot of us, and I fell into it for a long time in my life, we have that conversion moment and then we think we're good. And we become complacent. We fall into these things to where, I, I, you know, I've made it, I've arrived. But that moment doesn't come until the end of our life, and we have to work constantly towards it. Well, there's a, the aspect we were talking about is like that that moment of, of feeling close to God, mm-hmm. but then not knowing how to continue that. Or life happens, as they say, and other things distract you from it. You know, we, you know, we've both shared the same stories where. We were raised in a very uh, faithful family. I mean, our family taught us the foundation of faith. Mm-hmm. And they took us to, to, I mean, Sunday school and the church, and I was part of the youth group and everything else. So I found an identity as a, a person of faith, but I never really internalized it. You know, it was like I, I did things and in that way it was good, but there was a perspective of uh, being viewed and getting something from it. You know, instead of doing it out of the graciousness of my heart. Right. You know? Well, and that's, you know, there's, that's the thing. Like, it, you're exactly right. Our parents gave us a great gift there. And a lot of people have walked away from the faith. We, you know, it, it happens, you know, very commonly. We were just talking about that with Deacon Jeff, about the average age of people when they decide whether or not they're going to stay in the faith of their of their family or not. And it's very, it's growing younger and younger every day. And that's why it's so important that when we encounter, we have that encounter. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about that. You know, you see all these great encounters of Christ in the Bible, Peter and, and Andrew and, and James and John, and then you see Matthew and, and what happened with Paul. There's all these people that have these massive encounters, but there's a choice there afterwards. You know, Christ, I've encountered Christ in my life. Now what am I going to do? Am I going to remain the same or am I going to change my life? Is this going to affect me in a different way moving forward? Not today, not the next three days. But beyond this, it's, it's sort of like the same thing with a, with a conference, right? You go to these men's conferences and, and, and they have these great speakers and confession and mass and all these beautiful things. And a lot of people remove that day, but very little continue onward from that point where you can visibly see that guy has changed his life forever. You know, it wasn't just for a couple of days. I hear so many guys that go, you know, I was on fire Saturday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, all my, all my issues hit me, all my problems and, and, and I just, I don't have time for that right now. I've got to get back to the real world, that sort of mentality. But there's a choice to be made in that encounter that, that, uh, that you, you have to make that one time, but for the rest of your life. And 
I've got a quote here about that where, you know, it says the voice of, it's from Bishop, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, of course, our guy, says the voice of God causes discontent within the soul in order that the soul may search further and be saved. It embarrasses the soul for it shows us the truth, tears off all the masks and masquerades of hypocrisy, but it consoles the soul too by affecting a harmony with self, with others, and with God. It is for man to decide to accept or reject the voice that he hears. And that's what we do when, we, when we're converted, right? We, we choose to accept that voice. We choose to change our life because of that, that picking, that prodding, or because we're in a place where we just, we're, we're out of options. We don't know what to do anymore. We need the power and the, and the help of God in our life, the mercy of, of God to, to draw us into that conversion. Um, but, we, but it can't be a one-time thing. We have to change. I mean, it says, you know, in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. I mean, this is telling us, Paul telling us, you can't be the same anymore. If you have that encounter, you choose to be converted. You choose to give your life to Christ. It's something that has to remain for the rest of your life. It can't just be for these fleeting moments. You've got to make up your mind that this is something that I'm going to work to, practice, train in for the rest of my life. Well, you said something earlier about the quote about the harmonizing, right? The connection between yourself and to God. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have that internalizing kind of tuning fork in our heart. We're reaching out for a signal uh, that matches the harmony of, of peace. Mm-hmm. And, and and kind of the Holy Spirit allows that that matching of God's heart to our heart. And then we find that, that same pitch. You know, then our, the rest of our lives are set in harmony. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned too about like the men's group. I think I kind of know what it is. You can help me bounce this off. Is that I think it's a safe environment for guys to really open up in those in those groupings. Mm-hmm. But then when they go out, it's so hard to open up and to tell people how it affected you. Not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. So so when it comes to conversion, what makes someone be able to get past that? You know that 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 sense of putting that protective shield around themselves to say. I enjoy going to Crescio and all that stuff, but yet when I'm out in the world, I don't open up, I don't share, and it's kind of like contained a little vessel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we have to trust. I think part of it, the problem is we, we, we build into these things, these sort of roller coaster experiences, right? You, you, you go, you don't know what to expect, and then somebody says something that the Lord uses to open your heart and to touch it, and, and you know, maybe you go to a confession for the first time in forever, and and you share something, you feel that weight lifted, and you just feel amazing. It, it's just this, I'm, I'm up the top of the roller coaster, and this is awesome, and I'm, I'm, at, I'm just on this mountaintop high. And then, you know, you get away from that environment, away from community, and you come crashing back down the other side. And you realize, that, and that's when the devil, the accuser, right, he comes in and he says, what are you doing? You can't make this life. Really? You're going to be a good person now after everything you've done? What do you, where are all your friends now? If your friends knew you did this, I mean, we've talked about that a million times. Yeah. So that sets in. He's like, why even try, right? You're just going to fail. You're just going to be back to the same old thing. You're going to be watching your porn. You're going to be drinking too much. You're going to be treating your wife terribly. All of these things. And, and that's why it, we always have to, as, as Paul says, renew our mind. You know, I've got another, in fact, that verse here where he says in Romans 12 too, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. I think that you underline it because renewal Mm -hmm. of mind is huge. Yeah. I mean, the perspective that we have to really grasp that concept. Mm -hmm. And and renewing our mind starts 
is a daily task. Sure. So what is something that these guys can, we can grab onto? Well, there's a million things. I mean, there's there's plenty of books. I mean, gosh, you know, our our faith is a treasure trove of 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 all kind of information and, and things that take you a lifetime to read all this if you even could by then. But obviously, you know, you want to start with scripture. You want to get in there, and like we've said a, bit, a bunch of times, personalize that scripture. Get to know the person of Christ through his his own teachings, through his words, and, and really pray into that. You know, there's prayer. There's, there's you know, constant reading of materials, whether it's people teaching you about scriptures or stuff about the way the church, you know, operates or believes in things. I mean, I read constantly, and it's not just to say I read a bunch of books. It's because I want to know more, and I know that it keeps me focused on the faith and learning. And that's that's what that constant renewal of your mind to 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 find this confidence. You know, for me it's daily mass as well, going to daily mass every day, renewing not just my mind but everything in me with the presence of of Christ taking him into my body every single day and being present and worshiping him. Adoration. That's another way to constantly sit in front of Christ and let him pour into you, right? Just to just sometimes sitting in his presence makes everything go away for me. And it makes it just clears my head, and and it leads me in the direction I need to go. Where I just go and sit before Him and say, "Lord, like I don't, I have no clue what I'm supposed to do," and I just I'll give it to You, and I sit here, and I don't want to say anything else. I just want to sit here, and if You want to speak, speak. If You don't, let's just be together. And that's I think it's in that constant growing of the relationship. But the danger that we fall into is is that we we get satisfied with where we are. Right. You know, I've done this. I go to church, you know, on Sundays, I, I do a couple things around the church and we think I don't need to do anything else on my own, you know, that I can come to this group and just be better. But if it, it, it's sort of like showing it, saying, you know, I can be the best basketball player I can by just going to games, but never showing up for practice. And that's you're never going to get any better. That's why we always have to be working. We can't be complacent and fall into this. You know, I've arrived. It's not like in your job where, you know, you're, you you work hard and you pine after, you know, salesman of the year or whatever, then you get it. And then you're like, I've done it. There's nothing else I can do in this position. I've, I've gotten the peak uh, award or, the, or the, the highest level of what I can do. We don't ever reach that in our faith. There's never a point. And when you do say I've arrived, that's when the devil will smack you down quicker than anything. But, and, and God will allow it to happen because he, he, does, he wants to, us to be humble, not prideful. And that's where we fall into is, I know I do this. This is good enough, right? I'm better than that guy. When we start comparing yeah. and everything else, at least I'm not him. Lord, If the Lord had to choose between me and him, the old you know, Pharisee and the tax and the tax collector in, in the church, right? And what did Jesus say? Like, you know, it's the Pharaoh that will go home uh, not understanding. Thirsting, yeah. yeah, thirsting yeah. and not understanding. So I think that's what he's calling us to here is this, is this constant conversion and, and – you know, it really becomes possible, and this is another quote from, from Fulton Sheen, you know, conversion becomes possible the very moment a person ceases to blame God or life for his troubles and begins to blame himself. By doing so, he becomes able to distinguish between his sinful barnacles and the ship of his soul. A crack has appeared in the armor of his egotism. Now the sunlight of God's grace can pour in. Hmm. And I think there's a real, a real gem right there in that last piece. The sunlight of God's grace can pour in. We need that every day in our right. life. It's always shining. It's just we're not letting it in. Right. Yeah. And it's always there. But if we're not, you're exactly right. If we close the blinds, if we lock the door, if we turn our back to it, then we're going to wind up in this place where where I think a lot of our churches now, where you read things like one third of the people that are in the pews every weekend don't even believe in the real presence of Christ. You know, how can you sit in front of that? 
and know what we know and not and not feel that that is real, that that is Christ and his sacrifice in our life and what he did for us. And, and the only answer for that is we become complacent. That at some point we said, I have made it, right? I'm here. And, and I, I don't need to work anymore because I've already arrived. And we can't live our lives like that. That is playing right into the evil one's hands. Because then he starts all that accusing. He starts all of the, the issues and he gets you into those desolate times. And if you're not constantly converting, it's very hard to come out of those, right? Because in those times we know you're supposed to double up on your prayer to, to really try to grow closer to God and double your efforts in everything you're doing. And if you're not doing anything, then you could be in, in a period of desolation for a very, very long time. And I think that's where we find a lot of people today. Well, because they're they're not seeing the barnacles on their on their ships, so to say, from, yeah. from the quote. Because that's I mean that's pretty profound. Because if you think about it, growth, there's you know the barnacles are since just like parasites. They latch on to anything that's alive. You know, I mean they 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 can grow pretty quickly. And that's just if you're not living a faithful, virtuous life, that one sin can multiply quite quickly into other aspects. To where next thing you know, you're pretty li- miserable living individual. Yeah. You know, you're you're not you're not having peace in your mind in your heart you're not being joyful i mean you're missing out on the whole perspective of what the life is a gift mm-hmm. and and we have to clear those barnacles you know off and that's going to confession that's being part of the sacraments and like you said it's believing that christ is true presence in the eucharist right i mean this is something that the church has been saying forever right and and who am i to say you know what I totally disagree with everything they say. I want to make my own my own perspective up, because you know, hey, it's twenty first century. There's a freedom of thought, and God still loves me. Jesus still loves me. Yes, but you diminish the power of Christ. Well, and it's 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 like anything else. If you're not working on that relationship with Christ, yeah, of course you're going to think it's just bread and it's just wine, because you you don't know Him. You you're, you haven't been in that place where when you go up there, you have so much reverence, right? And, and, and you're your thoughts turn to how do I respond to this, this gift that I'm being given right now on this altar, you know, walking up there and thinking about the grocery store and everything else I have to do that day. Like that's, that's what we've got to get rid of is when we approach that and say, like, this is the Lord. This is the risen Lord who has given up everything for me. And this is him loving me so much that he wants to be one with me. But you don't understand that if you're not constantly working on that relationship. And if, you, if you're if you not choosing to follow that desire, that, that's the thing. When we get to that conversion moment and we've had it, we have to actively choose to continue in that, right? Like if we don't, then we're choosing the other. We've talked about that before and compete well with the faith. You're either competing or you're conceding. One of our older episodes, you know, I think it was 15 or so episodes ago. But that's what we're talking about here is, again, in this moment is, is it has to be an act of choice. We have free will. God's not going to make us, you know, convert further. If you if, if we're willing to sit where we are and not grow closer to him, he's not going to force us. He's always watching for us. He's always longing to grow that relationship with us, but he's not going to make us. And that's the unfortunate thing. A lot of times, and we've talked about this before, you know, we can go through life thinking, I'll have time for that eventually. God, I'll, I'll give you some time eventually. Well, look at what happened yesterday with Kobe Bryant. I mean, God bless him and his family and everybody else that was on that mm-hmm. helicopter. But that guy, I watched the night before LeBron James break his scoring record, gush about him for you know, 20, 30 minutes on a post-game interview, giving him respect, and 18 hours later, the guy was dead. And that's 
that's why we have to constantly put Christ first in our life. And I mean, I was glad to read that Kobe Bryant was Catholic. He went to church that morning with his daughter, received the Eucharist, and then he passed away a couple hours later. But he spent some of his last time worshiping the Lord and coming to be one with him in the Eucharist. And, and you know, like I said, respect to him and, and his family and everybody else on that helicopter. But that's that's the reality of life. It doesn't care how much money you have or how much success you have or how many people you know. When it's your time, it's your time. And if we're not prepared to meet the Lord and we haven't been constantly converting in our life, then we're going to miss out on the one gift, the greatest gift besides the Eucharist that he can give us, which is the rest of our eternal lives with him. Right. I think what you're talking about is we don't want to have the regret in the afterlife that I could have done so much more. I could have, I could have said so much more. I could have done more things for Christ. And I mean, I go back to Charles Dickens, like one of my favorite writers, mm-hmm. but you know, the whole, the Christmas Carol, right? Scrooge and all that stuff and the three ghosts come visit, you know, it's a story, but yet it preaches truth as well. You know, sure. live a good life, you know, you know, produce fruit for others to, to partake in instead of being miserly and just taking, just taking everything that you see around you as you belonging to yourself. And, and that's what conversion is all about is opening up, teaching others, telling others and showing others how to live a faithful life. Right. And that's the thing is it's not just converting for yourself, right? You're growing that relationship. Yeah. You're becoming who you want, who you're supposed to be. But think of the other people that are touched by your growing conversion, right? When you're living your life in such a manner that there's no doubt that God is the first priority in your life and you're living it out every day in your actions and the way you treat people, the way you live your life, the choices you make, the things you're involved in, that affects so many other people. You know, I love that, you know, and they, I don't know who they... Some people say that he really said it or he didn't, but that whole, you know, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. But like, that's the truth. Your conversion in the way that, that you're growing, that constant conversion should lead people to Christ. Not because you said something to them, but they see something different in you. It's like the reading we had Sunday where Jesus went to Capernaum and he brought the light into the darkness there. People should be able to see that. No, not by you preaching or talking or being on a podcast, but about how you're living your life each and every day. And that's why it's so important is everything we do, like you said a minute ago, should be to be a gift to others, including that constant conversion. It's not just so that we get to heaven. It's so that other people around us see it. They come to us, hey, what are you doing differently in your life? You know, what? I, you know, I just want to say I saw you do this and it meant something to me. And it's really making me think about my life. Whatever those are. But it brings people to Christ, and that's ultimately what we're supposed to be doing. But we can't do that when we allow our desire for the world and our desire to be complacent to be more than our desire for God. And that's one last quote I have from from, um, Fulton Sheen. He says um, that the conversion does not automatically follow on this longing unless the desire for God is stronger than the old habits and passions. The crisis of desire can end in frustration. The grace of crisis can pass, you know, our encounter, mm-hmm. whatever that is, where we're, where we're in trouble or we're hurt when he got, then one has missed the boat, has missed the bark of Peter. The desire was there, but because it was not prized highly, the ideal of Christ was given up and the carnal and the worldly remain. And I think that's where a lot of people wind up is that we get so on fire for the Lord so quickly when that moment comes. But if we're not constantly bringing oil to that fire, if we're not constantly stoking that fire through our own practices and and, and, and being in community, all of these things that we talked about, then we risk losing that flame. We, we, we risk you know being the guy that says, you know, I go to that conference every year, or I go to that thing every year, and I leave there fired up every year, and then I 
you know, a week later, I'm, 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 I'm back to my old ways and I hadn't been to church in three weeks. And that's God constantly pointing you to that. You recognize that. He's calling you back to that constant conversion. I need more, right? This isn't something where you show up every once in a while. And, you know, like, like I played basketball when I was younger. I used to be pretty decent at it. If I go out there now, I'm probably going to shoot 10 air balls before I hit the rim, you know, because I don't do it anymore. And that's, that's what happens in our faith life is we begin to lose it. You know, it, it, it's, it's, we always know our principles, but, but the closeness, the relationship, you know, falls away. There's guys that I was friends with 18 years ago and we were the best friends ever. And then we fell away from each other. And when you see each other now, it's that awkwardness where like one of you is trying to tell an old joke, the other one doesn't remember, or like, it's just not the same anymore. And, and Christ doesn't want that to happen in our lives. He want, in our lives. He wants us to be close to him so he can constantly nurture us and lead us in the right direction that's going to bring us into holiness, you know, and, and so that we can spend the rest of our lives with him. Right, and so so pretty much what they need to do is find the, some sense of service. Right. Well, well the, do something, yeah, yeah, in your parish or in your community. I mean, that's one way to start. Yeah, and there's a lot of things. I mean, you definitely find a group, find yeah. other people. We need, and we've talked about that a million times on here too, we need other men to keep us straight to be there for to hold us accountable to to just walk through life with us to stay in shoulder to shoulder that is so important in this world you, it, isolation is where the devil wants you so get in a group get with other men that are living this virtuous life who are constantly converting and stay in a relationship with them you know we talked about prayer that is that it, you cannot be a disciple of Christ you cannot be converting constantly in your faith if you're not praying every day it's essential yeah right you have to yeah. be in that one-on-one relationship one-on-one relationship with them every day scripture Get to know him there. Get to know him. Get to know the scriptures. Nobody's saying you got to be able to quote the whole Bible, but start reading it and personalizing it and let it change your life. That That is so important. Adoration. Get in front of the Lord outside of a mass. Go sit there. It doesn't matter what you do. So many people prepare. I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to take a rosary. Go and sit. Be still and know that I am God, right? Let him sit there and shine his love and his light on you. And you'll be surprised just what adding, you know, adoration a couple times a week or once a week, whatever you need to do will add to your life. And it just, just the, the stress and the peace that'll come from that. Plus is a desire to return. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's some of the things we can do. I mean, there, there's so much out there, but guys, we have to constantly convert in our life. The moment we stop is when the devil puts you in his, in his sights. And when you start falling away from the faith, it's not a one-time conversion. It's for the rest of your life. So Victor, I hear that music. Why don't we take it to prayer and ask God for his help and guidance? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you seek to encounter each one of us at some point in our lives. The point of that encounter is to draw us into a conversion. Help us to remember that that conversion isn't just a one and done. And Father, place the desire in our hearts to never become complacent, but instead lead us to seek constant conversion in our lives. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.